Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, guys. Uh, Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Focus 15 podcast. I'm your host, Chris Orr. This is my wife, Katie Orr. Hey there. And uh, we're glad to have you back today. The episode that we're uh, recording right now is How Do I Know If Something Is Literal or Figurative? So that is the question that we're going to deal with today. Well, this issue actually just came up uh, for me because I am reading through the Psalms and studying the Psalms, and there are lots of other women out there doing that, and it's been really fun, and there is so much in the Psalms that sometimes it's very obvious that it's figurative, but that sometimes you're kind of like, is this literal or figurative? I'm not sure. And so this is kind of been coming up a lot as I've been reading. And even just, it was yesterday, I was reading in 18 Psalms. Psalm 18, I was looking up here, it said Psalms, and that's why I started Mm -hmm. saying Psalms, because if you guys listened to the last podcast, you know it's pet peeve, both of ours, and somebody did it today at a conference I was at. They said Psalms. Let's name their name. No, I I didn't know her, but I had, I kind of like chuckled inside, because anyway, Psalm 18, and verse 4 says, The ropes of death were wrapped around me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. And I think, you know, it's kind of obvious that that is figurative there. Because ropes of death sounds like an image. But it it immediately kind of like pinged in my head of Jonah. It's almost identical language to Jonah when he says, the weeds were wrapped around my head. And so it made me think of that. And then it, so it's this whole thing. Okay, so if here in the Psalms, if the ropes of death is figurative, but the the weeds around his head in Jonah is literal, how, how do we know the difference? I know it because I've studied both of those, but I think if someone were coming in and hadn't studied either of those, it'd be really hard. But with Jonah, we know that it's not... It wasn't a story. It's a real-life person. Jesus said Jonah was around. We've got different things that point to that. Um, but one of the ways that you can know whether it's literal or figurative is looking at the genre or looking at the type of book that it is. Psalms is in what's called the wisdom literature, but these poetry, are poet, yeah, yeah, the poetry, their poem. It's you want to think of it as art. So there's going to be a lot of this imagery there that's going to be figurative and not literal. Whereas Jonah is narrative; it's a mm. story. It is not art. Well, let me let me jump in. So okay. earlier you said Jonah's not a story, and now you said it is a story. I said it's not a story. Yeah. Well, what you meant was it's it's not fiction. We don't believe oh, yes. Jonah was fiction. Yeah, it, it is a story. It, it is, is narrative. Story. Yes. Yes. Sorry. That happens a lot where I say one word, but in my mind I'm yeah, thinking so, something else. And this perfectly, I think, correlates <laughs> to what we're talking about today is that we want we, we want to applaud you for wanting to be consistent in your interpretation. Mm-hmm. So when we read the Bible, we want to be consistent. And we don't want to just make up things that suit our individual preferences, uh, you know, passage by passage and say, well... One verse it said something I liked, so I'm going to take it a bit literal. And the very next verse it said something I didn't like, therefore I'm going to take it figurative. Right. And so uh, your inconsistent use of story there actually points to a, a greater uh, reality, which is we definitely do want to be consistent. 
However, this is an issue that I think is very thorny, and we're going to get into mm-hmm. it in just a minute uh, yeah. about how it can be fairly thorny. Yeah. But this is what I'll say on, on genre. So I take the Bible literal, literally <laughs> when, it's, when it's being literal, uh-huh. which is honestly most of the time. Yeah. And I take it figuratively when it's obviously meant mm-hmm. to be figuratively. Well, so back to Jonah, too. Literally, it wasn't just – he didn't just – like David here, he's going, oh, I love you, Lord. He, you're my rock. This and that. The ropes of death. Like he's not talking about anything else that has to do with death, whereas Jonah had been thrown out of a boat, was in the sea, and now there's seaweed. So it makes sense to be able to make it literal because yeah. there was all that – other stuff that points to this he's literally in the ocean and he's literally sinking so therefore this would make sense that yeah it's reasonable seaweed. to assume there's seaweed yes. but david it may not be literal when he's talking about ropes of death right uh yeah. that he's talking about literal ropes is more figurative so yeah genre is very important to remember mm-hmm. when you're studying that will that will answer i think a lot of questions but i think there's two issues that most people who are listening to this podcast uh, when they say literal and figurative, they're they're not meaning. I think they assume metaphors and similes that that they're supposed to be figurative because mm-hmm. it's figurative language. There's two issues that I think we need to get into because I think that's where most people are really having the the sticking point. They're really struggling with this issue. The first is when you're reading prophetic literature. Mm-hmm. So things like Revelation or the end of Daniel. Or there's places all throughout the New Testament where the uh, the author is talking about the end, talking about heaven. And so we read through some of that stuff and we say, okay, is this supposed to be literal or is this figurative? And one thing I will say for prophecy, especially if you're new to studying scripture, is that there are people who have spent their entire lives studying these end times, the prophetic literature – uh, there's people who really love Jesus, who really believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, who really want to honor God with their interpretations, and they disagree with other people mm-hmm. who have all those same characteristics mm-hmm. when it comes to prophetic liter- li- uh, literature. So I would say if you get a little confused about prophecy and end times, what we would call eschatology, it's okay to, to not know whether it's literal or figurative. Um, I think we will know mm-hmm. in the end. I think we will, you know, we will see that God was completely truthful as He inspired those uh, those writings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so give yourself a little bit of grace when you're when you're reading through prophecy, and you may not know exactly what's literal and what's not literal. Yeah. All right. So I mentioned two. Okay. The so what's the other one? Okay. So the second one. <laughs> And I think this is – honestly, this is the – we saved like the, the most, uh, I think, important for last because I think this is where most people are really having these issues. And that's when the Bible talks to moral issues. So when the Bible talks to moral issues, do we literally, literally believe the Bible teaches against one thing and for another? And how do we understand that in light of literal versus figurative? So – I would draw our attention to a book like 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to a – he's writing to a, a church that's very messed up. they got a messed up situation, and he's really writing to correct them. In fact, I've been reading through 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians, he's really apologizing not for the content, but but kind of like – he's like, I, I just feel so bad that I had to be so hard on you guys mm-hmm. in, in the first letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's rough. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> rough, and Paul, Paul doesn't really pull many punches, and so – 
this is a, a church that's got really some issues going on, and so he addresses a lot of things. So, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul talks about sexual ethics and marriage issues. And so, is Paul talking literally? Well, most Christians would say that when, when Paul talks about sexual issues and ethics in 1 Corinthians, that he is literally meaning everything that he says. That mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 5, that there is a man who is with his father's wife, either his mother or his stepmother, and uh, and is with her in an intimate way, and that's wrong. And most <laughs> Christians would, well, most most people would agree that's wrong. Yeah. But yeah. most Christians would take that literally, that, that there was a literally an inappropriate relationship. So fast forward to 1 Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. and Paul talks about head coverings for men and women. And he get, there's a really thorny issue there. Most Christians don't believe that Paul that Paul's instruction about head covering literally applies to us today. So how can we in the same, but it's one thing when it's like David in Psalms and Jonah in Jonah, because there's two different books, different types of literature, but how do you deal with it when it's, it's literal in one case in the same book by the same author? How do we, how do we figure this out? Well, here's what I would say. There are some cultural and contextual issues that are going on in first Corinthians 11 that, have caused Paul to step in and say what he says. So there are some, uh, there were some morality signaling going on in 1 Corinthians 11 with hair and with, with head coverings that is not true in our culture. So for a woman right. to not have a head covering or not have long hair would be uh, akin to her saying, I'm not married. And so if you're a married woman with an uncovered head or didn't have long hair, however you uh, see that being interpreted, you would say that that was very similar to taking off your wedding ring when a, when a hot guy walks by. You know, you're like renouncing your marriage in yeah. public. And so, so no head, head covering is losing the ring. Yeah, sit very similar. Okay. So, it, you know, it, if, you're, if you're a woman, or I guess if you're a man, uh, either way, and you see somebody of the opposite sex walking by, like a very attractive person in church, and you take off your wedding ring, and you're like, hey, how you doing? Like that would not be a great way to to, to worship, I don't think. Right. Um, so there were some there were some cultural issues that Paul was dealing with that that contextually are not true in our day. So how do we how do we get through this? How do, how do we figure this out? Well, here's what I would say: when we're talking about an issue that is taught broadly in Scripture, mm-hmm. and we see that there's an author who's teaching something that seems to be literal. We have very great confidence that we can take it literally. So the things that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 about sexual ethics, they're taught very broadly in Scripture. From Genesis 1, God broadly starts... Broadly meaning, mean, not necessarily in specific. Un, that's not a word. Specific. Broadly meaning not just once. Yeah, like broadly, it's in it's lots like, of other places. Yeah, it's Genesis. I mean, it's it's all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the books so of the law. It's frequently talked about. That's right. So so taught in multiple occasions very with, with great clarity mm-hmm. in many occasions, then we can come back and we can say... Okay, this is this very much seems like it's in keeping with the rest of the counsel of God, and therefore we can believe that this is literal, and it literally applies in our situation, in all situations. If it's taught very sparingly, so if it's only taught in one place, because Paul never in anywhere else in Scripture deals with this head coverings issue, and so it seems to be a, a an issue with this one church and this in this one culture that that I don't think Paul, if he was writing to our church. I don't think that would be an issue that he brings up. And so while I don't believe that we literally apply the, the, the hair and the head covering thing in our, in our worship context, 
I do think we apply the principle, which is we don't want to, with our, um, with our actions and with our lifestyle choices, we don't want to signal to people that we are, um, that we are pagan, that we are completely unchristian. We don't want that to be the testimony of our lives or of our, of our hairstyles. And so therefore, when I go to church, I'm not going to wear things that, that, you know, is like drug paraphernalia. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to wear things that have lewd images or vulgar language mm-hmm. because that's not – I don't think that that's in keeping with what it means to, to be a, a faithful Christian trying to walk in holiness. Um, and so these are things that I think we, we do – we apply the principle literally even if we don't necessarily say that, that the, the head covering's hair length, that that would apply literally uh, in, our, in our culture. Mm-hmm. So – at the end of the day, not, that's not to say that if you wear a head covering or if you prefer not to cut your hair because you, you know, that's not to you, say because you that do that's, think it's literal. That's not to say that that is wrong necessarily, but it doesn't mean that everybody else who doesn't take it literally are insane. I think there's very much a case to be made where th- that would explain why we would not apply that literally, but we would apply other things we see in First mm-hmm. Corinthians. Literally. And so mm-hmm. I think this is where people, when they're studying the word, they're going to step into these things and say, I want to be consistent, but I don't really understand the principles. Right. And so, again, just to recap some of the principles we've covered, it's it's literal when it's meant to be literal. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, I think you guys will be able to figure that out just by looking at either the genre or the, the context of the passage and reading, okay, is this a lot of uh, metaphorical language in this chapter or in this section of scripture, or is this really more narrative and is it really trying to convey a story of how things really happen from the perspective of the author? Um, so keeping in mind that it's literal when it's supposed to be literal, it's figurative when it's supposed to be figurative, give yourself grace on prophecy because there's good Christians that they just, they, they don't agree with each other on these, on these things of prophecy. And, uh, and so we give grace not only to other people who land in other places than we do when it comes to prophecy, but we also give grace to ourselves to say, you know, I don't have to have all the answers all the time, mm-hmm. that, that God can reveal these things to me over time. And then the last thing is, yes, we do want to apply the Bible literally, um, and, and we, we can do that with great confidence when the Bible teaches broadly on a subject. We want to, to walk a little bit more lightly when it comes to things that the Bible only only talks about one time, and it seems like it's very culturally specific. That we need to um, that we need to in in those cases say it could be applied literally, but I'm also going to give myself and others grace when the when the situation is the Bible only teaches it one place, and it seems to be very very specific to a a culture and to a congregation. Well, if you have any of the questions specifically when you get into something and you're not and you're not sure whether to take it literal or figurative, you can always pop into the Bible Study Hub and ask. If you just go to BibleStudyHub.com, that will forward you to a Facebook group that you can join if you're not already there and ask the question, hey, I was in this passage and I don't know what to do. Or go to your pastor. That's even that's probably number one. Like do that first. But if he can't can't get to you right away, then you can go to Facebook. Yeah, I guarantee you, your pastor will love an interpretive <laughs> question because most quest- most uh, people that approach the pastor 
it's either a, a thinly veiled complaint or it's just a straight out complaint. And so you come to a pastor <laughs> with a question about interpretation and they're going to be like, yeah. they're going to nerd out on you. And you're you, like, Pastor, I was reading my Bible today and I need help. He'll probably drop everything. Just yeah, if he's got heart yeah. issues, maybe like give him a warning, like send him an email <laughs> ahead of time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. To learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.